about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. as we get started this evening and we certainly need the Holy Spirit to minister to us and we can expect that he will. Father, we thank you tonight for your mercy and grace and provision in all of our lives here. We thank you. We invite the Holy Spirit that he'll be present in all of our lives this evening. We choose to have an ear to hear what the Spirit says to us this evening. You will open the eyes of our understanding. They will be able to see and understand. I speak your anointing upon everybody in this place and receive your grace and mercy this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I will give a brief outline that I have been giving. The uh, Way back down the rail when nobody is anyhow, this is where the podium is that has paper, paper, pencils, and clipboards if anybody needs them. Uh, <clears throat> When we have these sessions together, <clears throat> they are there for us to be able to have an opportunity to receive from the Holy Spirit. In this case, the subject matter that we'll be looking at this evening. But he can certainly, the Bible says he can take the things of his and reveal them unto us. And that's what we should be having an expectation for. <clears throat> I encourage you again to take your own notes. We are doing them different in this session. I do have the handouts with me. Everybody who We'll get one at the end of our session. But I encourage you to take your own notes. It'll get you in the habit of doing that. But more importantly, you will be able to see that the Spirit of God will show you something. Not necessarily what I was saying. I'll have reference to what I was saying. But it may be something different than that. Because that's the way you hear and understand by the Holy Spirit. So <clears throat> I encourage you to take your own, own notes. Remember this also, that the blessing of the Lord is in you. And it is upon you. <clears throat> okay. Enough for the preliminaries. What's our first reference for this evening? Going once, going twice, three times. Okay. <clears throat> Not right now. <clears throat> but that's a good... It was a good verse. Absolutely it was. How about the book of Acts? The book of Acts. Chapter 1. Okay. Acts mm -hmm. uh, 1. And we're going to look at verses 6 through 8. The book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. <clears throat> When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said, so Jesus speaking, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But she shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. 
and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. I want us to look at something in the first part of verse 8 where it says, actually no, excuse me, let's go back to the Verse 7, and at the very end of it, it says, The Father hath put into his own power. Uh, I want to give you the definition of these two words because you'll see the last word in verse 7 is power. But when you get down into verse 8, he's talking about power again. Interestingly enough, they are both two different words. Up in verse 7, the power is force, magistrate, superhuman potentate control authority jurisdiction and delegated influence this is the power when I have that up doesn't let me see my whole screen here but anyhow this is the power that he's referring to that that the father hath put in his own power he has the delegating authority he is the potentate and so, and that is fine and that is available to us because he is available to us. When we come to verse 8, he says, but ye shall receive power. Okay, so this word power is one you've probably heard before, either dunamis or dunamis. It's miraculous power is part of the demonstration. I mean, it's part of the definition demonstration. <laughs> Well, we're going to have a demonstration here this evening, I guess. So, <clears throat> Miraculous power, a miracle itself, miracle working power. So this is the power that he's referring to. When he's, when he, again, he's talking about us here, is he not? He says, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the othermost part of the earth. And so in the context that we're looking at this evening, we can be witnesses for the manifestation of increase. We can be looking for the manifestation of abundance. And the power of God is able to do that in all of our lives. I think we need to stress that some more. There may be some here that their pocketbook or checkbook may show a little different figure than somebody else's. But we are all in the body of Christ. We are all in the kingdom of God. And God wants to take us from right where we're at right now, wherever that is, and then increase us. He absolutely is all about increase and abundance in the kingdom of God in all of our lives. In all of our lives. We need to believe that, have an expectation for that. We've used that word many times, but expectation is definitely important. All right, our next scripture reference will be in Matthew, Ben, but not quite the one we were talking about. Let's go to the gospel according to Matthew. And you're going to the 13th chapter of Matthew. Matthew 13. And we're going to be looking at verses 10 through 16. The gospel according to Matthew, 
chapter 13, we're going to be reading from verses 10 to 16. <clears throat> uh, I guess I'll read you part of my notes on this section, which you will have the handout at the end, and then we'll go through and read it, and we can point some things out. <clears throat> It is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. That is something that's available to all of us right here. Spirit of God can show us mysteries concerning his kingdom. Many do not know or understand about angels. Well, that is, that is coming through several references we've been looking at, and there's a reason for that, so we can begin to understand and comprehend them. They don't understand angels, so they don't have any confidence or faith that angels will work for them. Now, we've looked at references in our past two sessions. We'll keep on looking at them where the Bible tells us the angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for us. Now, the Holy Spirit can minister to you, 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 in me. Well, what if there's more people here Sunday? Can you, can you, you get enough to go around? You got plenty to go around. Enough to go around for the whole planet. All right, let's do some reading here. Matthew 13, 10 to 16. <clears throat> and the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? And he answered and said, and this is in red, so this is Jesus, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. Now, did the Bible actually say that? Yeah, absolutely. It's right there in English language. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables. Because they asked him, well, why, do you, why do you speak to them in parables? He just told the reasons there, and now he says, Therefore speak I in parables, because seeing they see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. You see the privilege and benefit we have of accepting Jesus as our Savior and then having the kingdom of God be instructed to us when we begin to see these things. Neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear and not understand. And seeing, ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is wax gross. Whoops. Hit the wrong button. Here we go. For this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing. And their eyes they have closed lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. 
in verse 16. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. So you can see the Word of God if you have a Bible with you this evening, and you can hear the Word of God that we're expressing on, teaching on. And so for them to ask, well, how can we teach them parables? He gave them an answer to that question and explained why. And so he comes back and then telling us about how it's more available to us because we have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying under the church. So many do not know or understand about angels. They have no confidence or faith that angels will work for them. Now that may have been the, the situation with several of us in here this evening when we first started, but it may not have been also. But even if it was, it doesn't make any difference. If you just started hearing about angels for the first time tonight, the Spirit of God can help you to have understanding on that area, help you to see things that are going to pertain to you. Now, it's just like when you went to school. When you finally made it to the first grade and the second grade, when the third grade may have been a little bit harder. But by the time you get to be a senior in high school, you certainly shouldn't have any trouble doing that third grade material. But it's line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. And so that's what the Holy Spirit will do with us. And so if some of us just begin to hear about angels and how they can minister for us, and, and specifically and even including areas of finances in our life, then we can begin to start somewhere, and he will show us. Because we can only take a little that he gives us at a time. I mean, he can flood us and it really wouldn't do any good. It'd be a bunch of it all over the floor, and we got a little in here. So... <clears throat> But he knows exactly what he's doing with us. The Holy Spirit is very wise, and he ministers to us and opens the eyes of our understanding. So, And so we will, we will continue to hear and see about angels in the remainder, remainder of our sessions. Okay, speaking of Hebrews, let's go there now. Hebrews chapter 1. The book of Hebrews, chapter 1, and we're going to be looking at, what verses are we going to look at? 14. Which one, 14? Mm-hmm. How about the one before that? Anyone want to go for the one before? There we go. 13, there you go. The book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. But to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Verse 14. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Do you have an inheritance called salvation? You absolutely do. You absolutely have a divine inheritance in your life. And the Holy Spirit's going to minister to us and help us to receive that. Okay, say, are they not all ministering spirits? Let me give you those words there. Ministering, functional. They're ministering spirits. They're functional to operate in our lives. Relating to performance of a service. 
employed in ministering. That's why he called them ministering spirits. And the spirit is the same pneuma, breath of God, that you and I have. When we was born again, we received the spirit of God into our being. It gives us life, gives us the ability to understand, to have a desire for the word of God. Most of us probably didn't have much of a desire for the Word of God until the Spirit of God began to deal with us, until somebody began to tell us something about it, or we see something in somebody else's life. But the Spirit of God, the angels are there to minister for us. They're never behind the curve. They're never late. They always know what's going on in the kingdom of God. And you and I need to develop an understanding and an appreciation for angels in our life. And then you could do that as your own study sometime. Go, go and look throughout both the Old Testament and the New Testament that they are there and how many times they did minister to people. <clears throat> so the angels minister for us. Part of my note says, get to know your assistant. Angels are assistants to us. They're there to minister for us. Now, you and I are not above an angel in the, in the plan and purpose of Almighty God and what he does, but they are there to minister for us, so we should get to know them. <clears throat> and what we don't know about angels right now, and I believe all of us in here would fit into that category right now, but what we don't know, ask the Holy Spirit to show you. He's more than capable to do that, but the Bible also says... You have not because you ask not. So if we ask, he absolutely will help us, aid us in that area. <clears throat> Any questions thus far? Good, we might not have the answers anyhow. All right, so let's, let's go to 2 Corinthians. Not to be confused with the 1 Corinthians. Come on here. Second Corinthians chapter 5, and we're going to go to verses 17 and 18. Second Corinthians chapter 5, 17 to 18. <laughs> there you go, they're the, the tossing the lighting book. Lighting ball to you there, Pastor. So, <clears throat> all right, Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, when you see the word therefore, you should find out what it's there for. Therefore, if any <laughs> he, he even agreed with that one. So, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, a few things have become new. Heresy, heresy, wrong translation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry 
of reconciliation. Any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creature, a new species of being. Remember back in Genesis when we looked at one of our first sessions, God says he'll make man in his image and likeness. The image of God is stamped on the inside of us, so to speak. <clears throat> you are a new creation, a new species of being, the God type of being. The Bible, God's Word, is a supernatural book. It is not natural understanding. That's why you or I, maybe early in our lives, begin to pick up the Bible. It wouldn't make any sense because we took it up like a book anyhow. And we're over here in Genesis and Exodus and Numbers and Deuteronomy and all these books. And names, names, beget, 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 get up. Forget this stuff. Can't make any heads, heads or tails out of it. <clears throat> but if somebody had instructed us, well, don't necessarily go, go over here and read in the Red in the New Testament or something. But anyhow, the Spirit of God always gets a hold of us anyhow. It's a supernatural book. It appeals to our understanding and our imagination. What is imagination, anyhow? I can only imagine. Can you... Can you imagine that your finances being much better than they are right now. Well, you say, well, how do you know how good or bad my finances are? I don't have a clue, and it's none of my business. But I'm just asking to all of us, the imagination inside of us, we're a new species of a spiritual being. Can you imagine yourself being in better situation and position speaking financially because of the kingdom of God in your life. Yes. You should do that. You should look at that. You should just ask yourself, hmm, I wonder what it would be like. Because we have, okay, shut up. I wondered if my time were in the end, but wants and needs are two different things, so... And imagination, our understanding and imagination. Allow your imagination to go to where maybe it's never been before. That could be prompted, that could be aided by the time all of our sessions are over and you have all the handout sheets, you could bring, begin to peruse through some of them. And you wouldn't mean you have to read, let's say, every line, every word and see what it's getting, or just go through and read them or something. And then something in there it's going to strike your fancy, so to speak. It's going to stand out more than something else at that time. Well, that's something that the Spirit of God wants to help you with, wants to show you. So, and that will develop our imagination. <clears throat> it appeals to our understanding and our imagination. That word imagination, the root of that word would be image, would it not? And we are made in his image and likeness. See that Bible says being transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
Our mind gets renewed to what the kingdom of God says, what the word of God says. It doesn't happen overnight. But it will happen. Same way as we, you know, we feed ourselves daily, generally speaking. Uh, well, it would behoove all of us to have a regular diet of the Word of God. And upon any subject, if somebody isn't feeling well this evening, well, you may want to begin to center on the Bibles about healing and health. But anyhow, <clears throat> the Bible is a supernatural book. It appeals to our understanding and our imagination because we are made in the image of God. All right, we'll go to... Uh, a little bit more miraculous one here, so to speak. Let's go to the Gospel according to John. And we're going to look at chapter 2. Let's say get John up. And we're going to be looking from the first verse through to the 11th verse. It's going to be the Gospel of John, chapter 2. In verses 1 through 11. There's some interesting things in here as well. Starting from verse 1. In the third day, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. Wonder why she's telling them that. Verse 4 Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. So what does mother do? His mother <clears throat> saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Now we've had many saiths going on in this verse since we started in verse 1 coming down through here. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Now at that point, I'm going to assume she didn't have a clue whether he's going to say anything or not. He might just sit there with his mouth quiet and you guys help yourself out with a water deal or whatever. But <clears throat> his mother saith unto the, unto the servants, whatsoever he says to you, do it. Verse 6. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkins apiece. We don't normally use the word firkin, do we, huh? Anybody have any idea what a firkin is? Yeah. Ten, gallons. Ten gallons. Very good. If you look in the concordance and stuff, they will agree somewhere around eight to ten gallons because of the different translations they may have right there, what, what they actually got passed down to them that they understand. Uh, Bethany, you better give him an attaboy on that one, I think so. <clears throat> uh, verse 
containing two or three firkins apiece. Okay, so if a firkin is 10 gallons, and we're going to take it to be 10 gallons this evening, containing two or three firkins apiece, and it says there were six water pots of stone there. So who wants to do the math on that one? So if it is 10 gallons, and you multiply that by the <clears throat> things in the water pots, we're going to find out they're going to have they're going to have a lot of good wine. But we come to some more interesting things here, I believe. Jesus saith unto them, "Fill the water pots with water." Now he didn't secretly give them a little message saying, "Put some water in those pots." He just simply spoke up. Now whether everybody in the feast. I mean, half of them might have been pie-eyed by now anyhow because the wine of their head's already gone. But whatever one could hear anything, he told them, fill the water pots with water. Okay, so this is natural water going into these pots that were used for the purifying of the water for the Jews anyhow. He saith unto them, fill the water pots with water, and they fill them to the brim. And he saith unto them, now it's only been a couple minutes, folks. I mean, good wine takes a while. When it ages, right, it gets, you get a wine that's 30 or 40 years old, you're going to be paying mucho dinero for it. <clears throat> he saith unto them, draw her out now, and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. Now, if you were one of these guys that Jesus told, fill the water pots with water. Okay, that's long enough. Take and bear it to the governor of the feast. What do you suppose they're thinking? I mean, <laughs> they've asked for wine. We bring water up there. Who knows what they'll do? <clears throat> but anyhow, that's what they did. And they bear it. Verse 9, when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, he didn't know it was water a minute or two or three or five or ten minutes ago. But when he tasted the wine, he knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water, they knew. The governor of the feast called the bridegroom. And at this point, he might think he's in trouble. <clears throat> and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, or not as good, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. I find that to be an interesting phrase. I mean, I'm assuming some of the disciples must have already had some confidence in him. Uh, just hearing all the ministering and teaching he did. When it says they believed on him, they're thinking, get some more of this wine coming. All we can do is follow him around. If there's any water there, we can get some wine. So I'll get hooked up here in a minute. All right, but was that a miracle? Absolutely it was a miracle. And Jesus did that miracle, all within a relatively short period of time our imagination again. We are the body of Christ. Christ Christos, the anointed one. 
And that's who we are. That's exactly it. When you look in the mirror, when I'm looking at you right now, or you're looking at me right now, the body of Christ. We know each other in the natural, so to speak, <clears throat> but we're not just in the natural. And we want our life to be more in the spirit. So that's a demonstration. <clears throat> My uh, handout of notes, which you'll have in a little while. Jesus' miracle of turning water into wine was a supernatural provision. Supernatural provision from the kingdom of God. You and I are to be in expectation mode about supernatural provision in our lives. Have an expectation that the word of God can work in our lives to give us supernatural provision. <clears throat> uh, talking about image a minute ago, <clears throat> the image of God in you, and everybody in here, the image of God that is in you, imagine yourself doing Stop right there on the purpose. I didn't say doing what. But imagine yourself doing something. Because somebody in here may, may imagine themselves with the image of God inside them and the faith of God working in them, doing, maybe laying hands on the sick. Somebody else may imagine themselves sowing seed into somebody's life or sowing seed into the kingdom of God. Just imagine yourself doing something. That's in the image of God. You, you're the one to fill in the blanks, obviously. Yeah. I, need, I, need, I have no space, no area to tell you what you want to imagine and see yourself doing. But I'm saying that's just another object lesson or example or something us to do to begin to assimilate the truth of the Word of God concerning finances into our life. Imagine ourselves doing something with supernatural provision. Imagine ourselves doing something when we read the Word of God and believe it. May not fully comprehend the whole thing, understand how it's going to work, don't know how long it's going to take to work, but imagine ourselves doing what the Word of God gives us to do. <clears throat> All right, let's, let's move on. Uh, let's go to the book of Hebrews again, but this time we're going to go to chapter 9. Hebrews, chapter 9, in verse 14. Hebrews, chapter 9, in verse 14. <clears throat> How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God. Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. That's another thing, another attribute of the kingdom of God that can work in our lives. Understand, our conscience, our thinking, is something that can hold many believers back. 
And there may be some just reasons why in that case. But our conscience. <clears throat> Here he's saying, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. <clears throat> in many believers, whether they're new, new young believers, or been in it a while, or some that have been in it a real long while, Many can have what I would term, I guess, a sin consciousness. They know something is not right in their life right now, or they know something that they did or said, or some act wasn't right. Well, that conscience is going to be bothering them. Now, it's really not there to bother them, to give them a hard time. It's there to remind them that they need to purge their conscience from these dead works to serve the living God. Because if we're in that condition with a sin consciousness, this can be a major attack of the devil to keep you from taking your inheritance. Because we erred somewhere in our life at some time and the sin consciousness is there, and the adversary is trying, and purposefully trying, to use that against us in the wrong way, that can hinder many believers. <clears throat> and again, he's trying to keep you from taking your inheritance. What's that word, taking, again? Lambano. It's a Greek word we've used many times in our sessions. If you look up the definition, it's uh, Greek 2983, I believe. And what lambano means literally is to take and get a hold of. If I wanted to give you a $100 bill this evening, you notice I preface that with if. <clears throat> but if I wanted to give you a $100 bill this evening, would you have much of a hard time taking and getting a hold of that? I hope that you would not. But so what the adversary is trying to do, he's trying to use something in our sin consciousness, something that is irking us, the Spirit of God may be dealing with or whatever, but he's going to try to use that against you to keep you from getting the inheritance that the kingdom of God wants you to have. And so the Bible tells us this, give no place to the devil. Well, even if I got something going on in my conscience, the Bible says, give no place to the devil. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Purge your conscience. All right, let's move along here. Uh, Let's go to 1 Peter. Whoops. First Peter chapter 1, if I didn't tell you that, in verse 23. 1 Peter 1 and 23. Being born again, not of 
corruptible seed. Corruptible means decayed and perishable. You were not born again by corruptible and perished seed. You were born again by the word of God which lives and abides forever. Being born again not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. Let's see what incorruptible means. Undecaying. Immortal. Everlasting, long-lasting. Being born again not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God which lives and abides forever. <clears throat> you and I are born again. We've been born from above. And we accept Jesus as our Savior. He's already made the provision. He only had to die once for the millions and our billions until this time that have accepted, accepted him as their Savior when they understand what it's all about. <clears throat> when you are born from above, the Holy Ghost comes to live inside you. <clears throat> he takes up camp inside you, so to speak. He isn't there. He gives you a message this morning. Well, I got, I got to be gone most of the day, but hopefully I'll be back by tomorrow. You're not ever going to hear that from the Spirit of God. He's with us always. <clears throat> the Holy Ghost comes to live inside you. The Holy Spirit inspires your thinking. Inspiration of the Holy Spirit. See all the many, many things that are given to us that are helpful to us that you and I need to be able to take a hold of and give them entrance and place in our lives. The Holy Spirit inspires your thinking. Talk to your body. We know that we are spirit, soul, and body beings. The body part of us can be, how do you want to word this? The body part of us may get us into more trouble, certainly than our spirit part of us. That's not going to happen, but even our soul part. But many times, the body is what gives us issue. Talk to your body. You'll definitely be, I would hope you'll definitely be talking to your body if there's any type of sickness or disease going on. Do not give it entrance. Do not give it place. It can be there, but that's a lie. That's not what Jesus has provided for us. And so we need to stand upon the word of God, the promises of God that are given to us, and then eradicate that sickness or disease or pain or whatever it is. So we ought to talk to our body. If you do not govern it, govern is short for government or control. If you do not govern your body, your body's going to govern you. And that may not be the best thing. <clears throat> Or I should say, it will try to govern your body. Renew your mind and retrain your body. Renew your mind. We do that with the Word of God. 
and retrain your body. The word and the spirit will assist you in doing this. The word of God and the spirit of God will assist you in doing these things. It absolutely will. That's what the Holy Spirit is there for. He's never present help in the time of need. And the Word of God is the same thing. Many times when the Holy Spirit assists us in any area, something that we're going through, that's because the Word of God is what we need, and He understands that. And He'll quicken that and bring that to us as well. So, But in reference to our body, your body didn't get born again, if you haven't noticed. Your spirit man's born again. But so we need to, as spirit beings, we need to exercise ourselves on the godless, study the Word of God, let the Spirit of God minister you. I would say that's really a main thing right there. You don't just have to go, well, he says study, so I'm, I'm going to read 13 chapters today. Well, that would be okay. It's probably going to take you a while, especially depending on what, if you're in the Old or New Testament. There may not be anything wrong with that, but the point would be, if you read one chapter and got something out of it, that the Spirit of God illuminated you, that helped you, that assisted you, that's a whole lot better than just, you won't be breezing through. It would take you a while to read 13 chapters. So we have to have an expectation that the Spirit of God is able and capable and willing to assist us. All right, let's move on here as well. We're now going to go to Philippians, the second chapter. Gonna get a move on, I guess. Philippians chapter two. Uh, we're gonna go to verses five and six. Philippians chapter two, verses five to six. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. So we're going to be having the mind of Christ then, right? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Are you in the form of God? You absolutely are. You've been born again. If I don't find the right button, a hammer will do. And if we hear anything again, when we sing that song, there's something happening here. Yes. <clears throat> All right, forget that if you can. <clears throat> Philippians 2, 5, and 6, let this mind be in you. Notice that's a permissive term, let. You can say, I ain't going to do that. Well, you don't have to do it if you don't want to. But maybe tomorrow you'll rethink it or something. So let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. You and I should think that same thing. <clears throat> Jesus didn't think it was robbery to be equal with God. Receive the mind of Christ. I'm going from our note sheet now. Your body has to be separated from your thinking. Your body has to be separated from your thinking. Or you will not think 
in the unlimited realm. God is not limited by anything. And to that we say, imitate your heavenly father. In the natural, a young child may want to imitate their parents, whether it's the mother or the father, whatever the case is, or both. <clears throat> Jesus, not robbing to be equal with God, we're going to receive the mind of Christ. We have a mind, but we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Receive the mind of Christ. Your body has to be separated from your thinking or you will not think in the unlimited realm. And that's a new one, is it not? God, is not, God has no restraints. We are his children. We are in the kingdom of God. So we need to allow ourselves to begin to think a grasp about the unlimited realm of God. Imitate your heavenly father. Okay, let's move on to Luke chapter 8. Yeah, we're going to be looking at verses 4 through 8. So it's going to be Luke chapter 8. I don't even know if I put that up there yet. Yep. When you turn to that section of your Bible, does anybody have a reference in that area or a notation or anything about it? Yeah. What's yours say? Okay. There you go. That's what mine says. You got a good Bible. <laughs> or this little device here or whatever. Similar. <clears throat> okay, the parable of the sower. And when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city... He spake by a parable. He had a lot of people listening to him, didn't he? But once they heard about turning that water into wine, I think they had a bigger crowd. Just saying. <clears throat> Come to him out of every city, he spake by a parable. He says this, a sower went out to sow. Went out to sow his seed. Excuse me. Read it correctly here. Sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down. And the fowls of the air devoured it up. Well, we're not going to have too many blueberries from that one, but okay, keep on going. And some fell upon a rock. Now, that's a beautiful description, isn't it? <laughs> the seed landed on a rock. And as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some, these are all part of what happened to the, to the seeds, and some fell among thorns. And the thorns sprang up with it, and choked it. 
Right now his batting average is not too good, this so-and-so. But look at verse 8. And other of the seed which the sower sowed, and other fell on good ground, and sprang up, and bare fruit, and hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And so there's an awful lot in this parable, parable of the soul, if we certainly were to take it word by word. But as you can see, one of the reasons we're here, we'll read that eighth verse again, in other of the seed that he was sowing fell on good ground, and it sprang up, and it bare fruit, and hundredfold. And when he said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. <clears throat> Let's see where we have different definitions. You know what the definition of a hundredfold is? Give me a guess. Very simple one. Very simple one. How about a hundred times as much? Hmm. A hundredfold. And so we hear about the way the Bible tells us 30, 16, a hundredfold. And sometimes we wonder, hmm. I mean, a hundredfold can add up pretty quick, can it not? <clears throat> but is that a biblical term? Now, you need to decide that for yourself. But I'll just remind us all, at least what I'm looking at is in red. So that's Jesus speaking. It's not an impossibility. He's not dangling it out there with a carrot or something just teasing you. You'll never get this, but I'll tell you the story anyhow. No, it absolutely is for you and I. Amen. We need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Get the other stuff that's not in alignment and agreement with the Word of God out. Get it out of our thinking. Begin to think of, we are made in the image and likeness of God, what He wants to have for us. And it is a possibility. Now, the Bible does say 30, 60, and 100 fold. So by the law of progression, you may tackle the 30 fold before you tackle the 100 fold. Now, you could do what you want. Go for it. If you get the 100 fold, be sure and come back Sunday morning and tell us. So, <clears throat> and we'll be as excited for you as you are. So, <clears throat> But we look at that for a reason. That is in the Word of God. And you and I need to take and get a hold of it. Lambano. Allow these things to come into our life. Okay, and one more. Uh, let's go back to the book of Hebrews. You say, we're in Hebrews a lot tonight. Yeah, that's what happens to be. We're going to go to Hebrews chapter 4 this time. And we're going to be looking at verse 2. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2. I don't pick these scripture references just willy-nilly, just so you understand. I spend many hours doing this. You say, you must be slow if it takes you many hours. Well, I'm really slow then because 
I use a lot of hours. Fortunately, I have a lot of hours right now to use. But anyhow, <clears throat> let's go. I don't know what happened there, but and we'll leave it right there. Hebrews four two. Well, like front to what? Wait a minute. Yeah, here we go. In the King James Version, <clears throat> my device is getting smart, but locked up here on me here, but it's giving me the page that gives me all these definitions at one time. So all right, give me a break. Okay, so we're in the King James, so we're okay. The word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith. We can hear the word preached. But we need to mix our faith with what we heard. We can read the Bible verses, but we need to mix our faith with those Bible verses so it will come to pass. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Now in our first, se first session... We talked about, well, we'll make a question out of it. We talked about a certain part of our body being a mixer. We did? Look at your sheets. Not right now necessarily. The mouth, our tongue. Your tongue is your mixer. It's how you mix faith with what you hear. You hear, now we have these paddles up here we're talking about, and you're going to hear some things in through there for the auditory senses, but you're also going to hear right in here, in your spirit, man, is where you're going to hear, where it becomes the most prominent. Your tongue is the mixer. Mix it with your faith, your confidence and expectation that what you decree is going to come to pass. What you decree is going to come to pass. Now, we've read a little bit up till now about decreeing also. Many times it would be the kings or those in authority doing decreeing, but you can absolutely make decrees out of your own life. But we need to take the word of God we need to mix it with our faith. The Word of God is going to give us faith. But if we just read something and glance over it and don't delve into it and study, we need to use our tongue. It's the mixer. Mix the Word of God so it can be developed. I mean, if you just open the box of brownie mix and put it on the countertop, Forget the bowl. You didn't get the bowl out yet. We just dumped that sucker on the countertop. Well, if this is a good one, it ought to do something. Then give me too much production on that one. So, but so we need, encourage all of us to mix it with our tongue, the word of God, our faith. We need to mix our faith with these things for it to come to pass so it can become real, real for us on the inside.
with words, go to mytcbc.com. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube. So remember to seek first the kingdom.